Everybody play the game of love. That sounds like a totally different song than what we're talking about today. Hey, ladies and gents, my peeps, how are you? I know it's been a hot minute. It's literally been two weeks, give or take, since I last did a podcast of any kind. And my last podcast was, of course, the kickoff for Queen's eighth album, The Game, released in 1980. And I talked about the amazing shift that happened with this album going into the new wave era and how Queen not only successfully transitioned to a much more pop-oriented sound, but did it so successfully that they actually fooled some people with one of their songs in particular, not the one we're talking about today, we will get to it, but how they dominated in this era and how they sold out so many performances and how hugely popular they were all around the world. Absolutely amazing. If you want to hear all of the accolades, you can go back to my previous kickoff for the game. But today, we are talking about a number that honestly, I fall more and more in love with it the more I listen to it. This is the first song on Queen's album, The Game. It's dive number 81. And this is a Freddie Mercury composition. Brings to mind so many earlier songs from him, so many different genres, and it all kind of culminates here into this beautiful ballad, this rock power piano ballad. And this is Play the Game. I don't know how many times I quote this song's title or lyrics in some fashion. I do it all the time. It's a great phrase to use when you're alluding to pretty much anything that is a challenge. So I say it a lot when I'm talking about my autoimmune disease or whatever. Play the game. Everybody play the game. And here we are talking about this very number today, Freddie Mercury's opener for the game. Recorded February through May of 1980. So this was not one of the first songs they did. If you remember, the guys worked on the album, The Game, in 79 and 80 in two different sections. They were doing a little tour in between some of that there. But this song was one of the later developments for the album. And it was a single released May 30th in the UK and June 6th in the US, both in 1980, and they charted at number 14 and number 42, respectively. So not the highest charting songs, not the highest charting song (laughs) released from the boys, but certainly noteworthy. And I think especially because this was a ballad, first single ballad. I, I mean, we have a lot of surprising things here. It's the first time the guys have really opened an album with something softer like this. And it's... Yeah. Actually, it's not the first single for the album. Sorry about that. That is a mistake on my part. We haven't gotten to that track yet. But to say that this is a ballad opener for the album is obviously quite a surprising move coming from a band who gave us the entirety of the hard rockin' Queen 2, to say the least. But as we've said before, the guys are so versatile and incredibly dynamic that you can expect them to give you anything in perfect form. And they do it here with this 
rock ballad in 79 or 157 beats per minute. It's kind of whether or not you're in cut time. So it's either really, really slow or really fast, <laughs> really. But it's a very simple, otherwise in structure. 4-4, four, four, common time, signature, and two keys, C major and F major. Play the game. Give in. Let yourself go. All you have to do is fall in love. Yes, most of those are literally lyrics from this wonderful song. And that's all it is. It's a sweeping, epic thing with hints of all kinds of previous sounds and styles we've heard from the guys. But most importantly, the biggest thing, synthesizer. First and foremost, this song kicks off the game with stylish, rushing, sweeping metallic synth swells that sink and fall into this aching ballad. Freddie reminds us of his gorgeous talents on piano and his ability to deliver a sensitive and tender vocal. His pleading and soft encouragement build into massive crescendos and professions of love and wanting. It's an effortless and beautiful vocal performance. Brian, immediately more restrained, it's obvious right off the bat, but no less soulful on his guitar. He's back in lyrical form, providing licks and riffs and a solo that is perfectly memorable and singable, echoing the melody of the vocals. John is particularly dazzling with his own melodic and surprising bass arrangement, a display of tenderness even through his playing. And Roger, also extraordinarily calculated and seemingly softer, bursts in with cymbals and crashes and rolls that perfectly accent the intensity, creating a brooding and emotional soundscape. So together, Brian, Roger, and Freddie croon and tug at our heartstrings with layered harmonies we've come to know and love. As surprising as it is that we dive into the game with such a dramatic ballad, it's refreshing and stunning. And Freddie's performance giving only a hint of what's to come on this poppier and accessible record. This is such a remarkable song. I've obviously, preparing for this dive, I've listened to it countless times. And I, as I said, I just keep falling deeper in love with this thing. The arrangement of it is so flawless and it's so perfectly performed. And Freddie sounds wonderful. I just absolutely dig play the game. It was played 142 times live from 1980 through 1982. I wish they'd kept this on the set list later. I understand you've got bigger hits that come on the later albums. You got to include them. It's hard to keep everything. But this is really something that I wish they'd stayed. I just wish they'd stayed in this a little bit longer, this wonderful song, because this was so magical live. It's got a truly special energy. Freddie sings stronger, louder. I get goosebumps from his performance. And when Brian and Roger chime in in the chorus, play the game, everybody play the game. Their harmonies are so tight, even live, impressive. Freddie often kicked this off with his little chord warm-ups on the piano, arpeggios here and there before settling on the opening chord intro delicately, and the crowd would erupt. 
Brian's solo is always so soulful, lyrical, a standout with just enough variation from the album version to intrigue. The Oakland performance from 1980 is wonderful instrumentally. The guys are totally on it. The drums, the bass are locked in. Brian sounds fabulous on guitar and you can hear the crowd roaring when he wails on that solo. Freddie's voice. It's like mid-70s Freddie singing in full force. I love what he does in my love is pumping through my veins, driving me insane. Lovely melisma there. He changes it up from the album version. And really, this is such an elegant number live. The best of Queen reeled in and restrained at just the right moments, letting loose in the bridge and toward the end into that marvelous crescendo. I'm sad they didn't keep this on their set list. Ah. Two years isn't enough, but so many great performances. New York, Milton Keynes, Montreal, of course. A lot of people talk about the Montreal performance, but really so many of them are fabulous. Just look it up on YouTube. Listen to all of them. Really, this is a great display of Queen showing that restraint that early on was so seldom heard And it shows that they don't always have to play loud and rocking and rolling to get that desired effect. They can and do restrain themselves. And it's very elegant and it's very poised, especially on the drums and guitar front. I would say John's bass playing here is more expressive than most compositions from Queen. The more I listen to this, the more I lock in on John. And I'm so impressed. Absolutely love his bass lines. Some fun facts about play the game. It ushers in a new queen era, literally with those multi-layered sweeping synth effects from Rogers Oberheim OBX. Remember, he's the one that brought in his synthesizer and Freddie was like, oh. Now later songs from Freddie will hearken back to this song's sentiments around love and the story told For the single cover art and in the video of Play the Game, Freddie sported his mustache for the first time, surprising and even angering some fans. And some fans would go so far as to throw razors at him during live performances on the tour. Also in the video, Brian does not appear to play his red special and instead performs with a Fender Stratocaster, probably because there is a moment in the video where Freddie steals the guitar only to throw it back to Brian. So undoubtedly, Brian didn't want to risk any damage to his handmade Red Special. And this single featured the B-side, Roger's composition, A Human Body, which remained relatively obscure for years until it was included on the single collection volume two and the bonus disc of the 2011 reissue of The Game. I do love that song, A Human Body. You see, it happens now, it happens here. Wait, I messed that up. (laughs) Oh, well, I do love that song. I love that Roger composition. Some band critique for Play of the Game. Roger was quoted in Mark Blake's book, Is This the Real Life? Speaking to the use of synths on the game, he said, quote, 
I'm afraid that was my fault. I'd bought this Oberheim polyphonic synth. I showed it to Fred and immediately he was like, quote, oh, this is good, dear, unquote. (laughs) Didn't I say that quote when I kicked off the kickoff for the game? I think I did. Oh, well, it's still relevant to this. It's absolutely relevant to this. This is the first song we get with synthesizer in such full force. So there you go. Play the game, synthesizer. I got a little critique from critics and publications. I've got some bad, but more good. So NME were horribly unkind to this single, to this song. Quote, another three minutes of indulgent, overproduced trivia, just like I expected, unquote. Sounds called this, quote, grossly banal, unquote, and one of the, quote, scattered tidbits of Queen at play and at investments. Money, 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 unquote. I don't get it. I really don't understand it. As a creative person, as a musician and a singer myself, I do not understand how anyone even remotely privy to or savvy about the creation of music and the motivation for it would think that this is all just to generate cash and sales, etc. You can hear the passion here. I've talked about how Queen's album, A Night at the Opera, has so much heart. And there's actually some fans who think that that was their last album with a lot of heart. That after that, once they hit the big time and they were getting more and more, they were gaining more success and of course earning more money, that they kind of just started to go down the money train. And I don't even, I mean, look, of course, when you start earning money with your creations, it's great. It's fantastic. And I think it it, it empowers you. And it makes you bolder to try different things too. But I think this still comes from a very genuine and creative place. I think you get a lot of passion here with Play the Game. And of course, there's some positive comments. Record Mirror actually gave some praise to this song and its album, writing, quote, the title track is couched in the grand style. Fred, high on lung power while May is invited in for the odd guitar burst and Taylor gets fondly engaged in his heavy stripper theme drum work, unquote. I do remember I said that quote when I kicked off the game simply because it's applicable to the entire album. But really, I talk about the title track here in this quote as well. But I still think it's absolutely hilarious that Roger Roger's drumming is apparently stripper-themed on this album, or they must be talking about the dry drums of a song we haven't got to yet. They're much more dance, disco-like, and we will talk about that later. Billboard magazine, in their June 21st, 1980 edition, wrote, quote, Queen returns to its epic, rather grand sound, unquote. And it's so weird to see this in the pop singles section on page 100 in the top single picks. It took me forever. You guys, I found this archive of that entire edition of that June 21st Billboard magazine, and I literally went through every single page to find that critique about this single. And I was like, oh, there it is. All that, like a half an hour of browsing just to find that one little tidbit. But it was so funny because it was in the pop singles. And I was like, whoa, 
mind blown. Cashbox was also happy with the song's sound, writing it was a return to Queen's, quote, patented high-tech progressive pop sound, unquote. And they also commented on, quote, Freddie Mercury's breathless falsetto and sweet piano work, Brian May's soaring lead guitar, unquote. Fans, (gasps) young and old, you guys, if you don't love this already, you should know, People love this. Freddie's soaring vocals, memorable piano, the harder, louder breakdown of guitar in the bridge, the sweeping vocals from Freddie, Brian, and Roger that layer, and we get that wonderful wall of voices again. I've read many a comment mentioning this as a favorite from the game. Many, many, many people love this song a lot. And for such good reason. It starts a signal, feedback, strings, airy, light, intensity. It almost sounds like glass or an electrical signal, something speeding through space, science fiction. Is this really queen? Is something landing? (laughs) Lower frequencies, louder sweeps and swoops? (gasps) Yes. This is the appearance of the very first official synthesizer on a Queen album, Roger's Oberheim OBX. But then it's gone. And suddenly we hear something we do know and love. Freddie, soft, delicate, pleading Freddie. Open up your mind and let me step inside. This piano of his... Reminds me a bit of my melancholy blues. The same tenderness and the shy approach. Lots of sustained notes. These chords, sevenths, flat sevenths. It's actually quite hard to sing, especially a cappella. It's quite hard to sing this. Those chromatic vocals and that huge interval jump. Through it all, Freddie sounds lovely. There's a glitter of a cymbal, a ringing of high bass appears before falling down. It's so easy when you know the rules. Ah, these harmonies, a bit reminiscent of the rich vocals we love from Queen, but lighter on the tones and the volume. Soft pop. Yes, this ballad. Roger's drumming It's quite interesting, a lot of offbeat accents happening, but it sounds more straightforward pop as well. And John, he's one of my favorite things in this song. I can't say that enough. Those intervals, the dynamics of his playing, it's like a dance. Disco Deaky. Play the game. Everybody play the game. Ooh, those harmonies, this moment, it's really one of my all-time favorites. It's perfect. So wonderfully mellow and delicate, rich, flawless, airy and bright. It's jazzy. Then Brian makes his massive entrance. It's a beautiful one, darker, deeper, growling at first, but soaring and lyrical immediately following. We're getting a feel for this more cyclic approach already with Queen. That lead in into the second verse. 
When you're feeling down and your resistance is low, light another cigarette and let yourself go. John plays the melody but also surprises with interesting contrasting arrangements against Freddie's lead there. And that let yourself go harmony, another brilliant one. Into the second chorus, a bit more intense vocally. It's a free world. Rogers fill crescendos into the next rousing guitar appearance from Brian. It's surprising how in unison everything is. The bass, the guitar, but it feels so good this way. It's so satisfying. The guys are taking a simpler approach, but they're flying doing it. We fall into the bridge. It's a nice shift from the predictability so far. Almost jazzy at first, especially that piano. Love runs from my head down to my toes. Freddie's piano and John's bass. Those bent notes, it builds the intensity so much. Come, come, play the game, play the game, play the game, play the game. Another absolutely impressive array of vocal layers and harmonies. And maybe one of Queen's most interesting. Those transitions there, incredibly complex. The rhythm shifts, the phrasing is surprising, the chords are anything but ordinary, just like Queen. Oh, cymbals, yes. And then cue the synth, it bounds back in, it bursts in, as does the grinding guitar and Rogers beating heavy drums, all in unison once again. It's the verse melody, but so different in this energy. The synthesizers accent the breaths of sound. And really, this is one great example of a synth used extremely well in a rock ballad. It doesn't overwhelm. It simply adds emotion. Go play, Raj and Brian. Jeez, those rolls and the riffs into the solo. It's the chorus melody, but Brian sings through his guitar, and John is right there with him. Freddie and the boys appear again vocally, taking us into the crescendo. Freddie and the boys appear again vocally, taking us into the next phrase. Dang it, everything is so on. And Roger has another building crescendo, keeping this very much rock. John is jiving on his bass. The guys are singing out. Even Brian is still soaring on that guitar. My goodness. It ends too quickly. I really do love this. It's delicate and delightful. It gives us another side of the boys. It showcases their ability to play anything from loud and complex numbers like the March of the Black Queen to, well, something much more stark and conventional like this. Play the game. When I think about this, and I think about Freddie's performance of this, and his voice, the intensity of it, the dynamic of it, and how we go from soft and aching, similar to something like, you take my breath away, and then he bursts in with so much more fullness and roundness in that delivery. And then the piano, the arrangement of this is a little bit like jealousy. And I think I mentioned my melancholy blues. Freddie's talents on the piano, and I think vocally, his control have really blossomed, especially the use of that falsetto. And that wonderful seventh leap, as I talked about, those vast intervals that he covers vocally. When you're feeling down and your resistance is low. That is such an odd, surprising, affecting interval 
And the delivery of it is absolutely flawless, absolutely beautifully done. Such a radical move, right? I mean, we, we've seen, we've heard rather, a little bit more of a cyclic approach from some of the last couple of albums, but this is the first time we're getting something that's this minimal in its arrangement. Not to say that the guys haven't given us one-offs here and there that are incredibly stark with only a, a bass and drums and piano and some vo- voices, but this is an entirely new poppier approach that I think the guys really dug into. And I think with their new production methods, thanks to Reinhold Max influence, you actually get this fresher sound that energizes this music in a way that if the guys were taking the same approach with their production and they're mixing it, probably wouldn't have the same jive at all. So it's really quite just a unifying of all the roads at the right point, everything happening at the right moment to have this beautiful song burst out and enchant us this way. And this is such a a surprise with a ballad opening this album like this. And I can't wait to talk about more from the game. But that is play the game. Everybody play the game. If you guys haven't really listened to this one in detail with a great set of headphones or earbuds, please do. This is one of those songs that keeps surprising and it energizes and it moves you and it sways and it surprises and kind of stuns at just the right moments because again we have those accents from Brian that are very aggressive on guitar but much more restrained and I think more impactful because you have that hesitation and that delicate nuance that's much more tempered and I can't wait to talk about more oh you guys there's going to be so much more coming but anyway that is play the game everybody play the game all love, ooh yeah, please play the game. Literally, play this song, enjoy it, listen to some live performances or two or three or many, as many as you can get your hands on. I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. I totally forgot to mention, yes, I am broadcasting from my hopefully forever home now. So no more massive breaks in between episodes, you guys. I'll be back again much sooner this time, this next time around rather. But until then, have a great one.